This episode of the Fat or Future podcast is sponsored by, well, me and my diet crash course exclusively from Himalaya Podcast Networks. What is my diet crash course? Well, have you ever been curious about 20 of the top diets in the world? You wanted the cliff notes to all of them because you just don't want to read all the books. I have you covered with my diet crash course. 20 of the top diets in the world and maybe some you haven't heard of. Should you try them? What are they about? What does the research say? What does the research maybe not say? Himalaya.com forward slash diet and listen for free and use code diet to listen for two weeks of the Himalaya Diet Crash Course exclusively on the Himalaya Podcast Player. Himalaya.com forward slash diet. And I will see you there. Thank you to Third Wheel Podcast Studio in LA for the great editing work on our show every week. If you're ever in LA and need a studio to use, they have full audio and video capabilities and awesome engineers. They also have a Seattle location coming soon. And of course, if you're just looking for production and editing, they have you covered there too. Check them out online at thirdwheelpodcaststudio.com. All right, what's up? It's Joey Thurman, another episode of the Fatter Future Podcast. And this man I had on the podcast before that you never actually heard the episode because somehow the episode was deleted when I interviewed you in Beverly Hills back in December. And we were talking before this that Aaron Alexander, famous movement specialist, host of the Align Podcast, the Align Method book, and I hunt when birds hit my window and you hunt with bows. Mm, that's true. That's a good point. No, I don't hunt well. You're probably much more proficient with your window than I am with a bow, but I appreciate you. You mentioned it. I feel much more masculine. Right? Yeah, I, I just try to see, well, like people may know I'm living with my in-laws right now, so maybe my uh, mother-in-law's window is very clean. And two birds yeah. hit the windows today within Whoa. five of each other. Just- you ever see that George, the Seinfeld episode, George Panza, where there's like, He's driving and he hits like, I think it's birds that walk out and you, there's this deal between animals and people when you're driving your car. They're always close, but they always get out of the way. And then for some reason, they started not getting out of the way. And then he had like this girlfriend trauma. It was, it was funny. He's like, we had a, we had a deal. <laughs> and you know, that's funny because I think I've done 40 plus podcasts. And the last episode I just recorded with Dr. Tommy John, he did a Costanza reference as well. And we've uh, never, I've never mentioned Seinfeld except for the past two that I've recorded. So making a come, making a comeback. It's coming via back. your podcast. It's, Seinfeld's it's comeback. Back. It's going to all be thanks to to Fat or Future. Fat or Future. Seinfeld. Fat or Future. We're going with coming, Future. Coming, coming back. Uh, all right, Aaron Alexander. Um, if you guys don't know him, you should uh, check, check him out. A line podcast. Your book, which is right in front of me. As I said, back in December, we did a. Um, in-person podcast and we did some strange things with some bands and talked about weird stuff and maybe it's a good thing that podcast was deleted i'm not quite sure i remember being fun there was a guy recording and i remember he was laughing a lot <laughs> yeah. i don't i have no idea i don't think we talked about anything of any substance but <laughs> yeah. i just remember the guy recording was like was was at some point you know he found it humorous yeah probably because he's like who are these assholes but yeah, that's because that's uh, no that's, one who will be editing this podcast so nolan enjoy oh hello nolan we're back we're back again (laughs) yeah we were in this tiny little room in beverly hills 
Um, and there will actually be an ad for no one's podcast studio after this. But um, you are a movement specialist. You, I mean, how would you even just describe yourself? You kind of do a lot of different things. Now. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I help people move in such a way that uh, it's beneficial for not just pain and efficiency, but also confidence, you know, feeling well, feeling at home in your body. Uh, the Western cultural mold or model that we, that we kind of habitate within uh, has a tendency of forming the body. If you don't, if you don't do some due diligence to, to change the, tr- the direction to kind of collapse the body. You know, so forward head posture is a big thing. And, uh, you know, dowager's hump and hyperkyphotic spine and rolled forward shoulders and you might have TMJD or you might have plantar fasciitis or you might have pelvic floor dysfunction. You might like all these different things. Your breathing pattern might be such a way that uh, you tend to lean towards anxiety uh, and be maybe like adrenal fatigue and excessive amounts of stress. And perhaps no one really suggested to you that you could mechanically change the manner in which you breathe to start to steer your nervous system into more of a place of ease. Uh, So I help people be able to habitate in their bodies more effectively via online programs, via book, soon to be books. Hopefully we'll see how how life life goes. Um, And also one-on-one coaching and group coaching and things of the sort. Well, so I got to show you and people looking just for you. Yeah. Get them out there. I have no socks or shoes on. And actually, so often I walk around without socks on in the house and my two and a half year old son, I've got him running around all the time inside without socks and shoes on just because you get better proprioception and makes you feel the ground. It's amazing the amount of balance that you have just from taking off your shoes and socks. You actually feel the ground and it's kind of like, you put your hand on something cold, you know, it's cold. You're wearing socks or shoes. You can't feel them on the bottom of your feet. So that was a, actually the one thing I remember you kicked off your shoes immediately when we did that uh, immediately. back in December. So yeah. why, why do you think people, uh, why do you think it's good for them just to kind of be one with their body? I mean, you told me, and I tried, I've got your book and tried a lot of things out. And you told me when we were scheduling this podcast to spend at least a half an hour on the ground each day. All right. So normally yeah. my routine is my son gets up around seven in the morning and he's kind of running around and stuff. Uh, and I'll maybe like sit on a stool or a chair while he wants to read a book or whatever he wants to do. Uh, but instead I've been spending the past couple weeks on the ground, like crossing my legs over and doing kind of like 90, 90 and all sorts of different stuff. Right. Uh, and I have been feeling a little bit better, better in my skin. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. Uh, do you mean, and you mean in your skin more as like, like figuratively speaking, like you feel yes. better inside your body? Yeah. And your skin as well. I mean, your, your, your skin, uh, that's, it's a continuation of your, your central nervous system. It's a continuation of your brain. They both come from the same dermal layer, embryolo- embryologically speaking. They both come from the ectoderm. You know, so your central nervous system, uh, we think of it as just being like, oh, your brain, your spine. Uh, I think you could start to, to, have a pretty decent argument that you know your whole body is kind of attached to this broader nervous system and when you are massaging your skin using a a dry brush maybe getting you know your partners like rubbing your back or you know you're wrestling with your kids rolling around that's not just purely 
oh, this is just fun and games play. Oh, I'm working out my bicep brachialis, or maybe I might get a, you know, that, a hint of a six pack from me kind of doing this wrestling move. Uh, it's also literally, it's as though you are massaging your, you know, your, your central nervous system, your brain. You know, so when you go into something, let's say, for example, you're sitting da- all the way down onto the ground, it creates greater opportunity, uh, not just to create a little bit more of a, uh, like a myofascial release or massaging effect on those muscles around, you know, the IT band and the, right. you know, the hamstrings and the quads and all that stuff, because you're literally in contact with the ground you know, you'll pay a massage therapist 150 bucks to make contact with these areas because they're floating in this Western modern vacuum of, the, of, of comfort for a good chunk of the day where we're sitting in the same specific seated position for such a massive portion of our lives. You know, so the, the simple, not even addition, just transition into spending a little bit more time down on the ground, you know, on like a comfortable rug, get some comfy cushions, maybe Moroccan poofs, throw a foam roller down there. Yeah, it's great. You know, I have in my living room, which is sitting right over here, I have I have a bio mat on the ground, which is like a little infrared mat thing. Yeah. Um, and then I've got some, what are they called? I think they call them like botons or something like that. Anyway, like meditation cushion things. Yeah. And I've just got stuff like that kind of. And then I got a big furry comfy rug and I got some like, I think they're probably faux lambskin pelts. Um, you know, and that's kind of, the room feels much more kind of like bohemian Moroccan type sensation. And what happens in that room, not saying that everybody, your couch is fine, your chairs are you know, fine, they're just tools and we need to understand how to use them effectively. But when you go into that room, your inclination is probably to be a little bit more playful. You know, so when you get down onto the ground and it's comfortable, it can't just be like we're, we're sitting down on like some tile floor. That's not what I'm suggesting at all. I'm saying start to uh, make your environment such that it makes sense for you to naturally throughout the day, do a few lunges, you know, do a few Turkish getups, uh, you know, spend some time mobilizing your hips and, you know, 90, 90 position and straddle position, but you don't realize that you're doing these things because it's just the way that you're, you know, you eat your breakfast that way, or you check your emails a little bit. Maybe you put the computer down on the floor, you put a cushion or a pillow underneath your hips to stabilize the lower back and you check your emails in like, kind of like a pseudo sphinx type position. Mm. If that multiplied times your life is a massive, massive impact, and it's the difference between you, one, perhaps not peeing yourself into old age, uh, also not needing uh, assisted living into old age. You know, so having your physical autonomy uh, is dependent on you actually occupying your body throughout your whole entire life. And if you abandon certain ranges of motion for long enough of a time, there will become a chasm in between you and that range. Eventually the chasm becomes too big for you to jump. And now the idea of getting all the way down to the ground becomes uh, this traumatic experience. And you need to, you know, carry around a, you know, a, a pager to tell somebody that like you fell and you got, you can't get up. That's, that is, that's, that's a Western culture aberration of the human experience. That has nothing to do with being a human. Uh, cultures that are uh, spend time on the ground. So if you go to like uh, Northern Africa or Eastern Mediterranean or various places throughout Asia, specifically Southeast Asia, 
those places will have minimal to no instance of osteoarthritis in the hips, very low in the knees, um, you know, ankle dysfunction, spinal dysfunction, all of those things is vastly diminished simply because they exist in their body in a way that is naturally healing. And it, there's nothing complicated to the body healing. You know, you don't need modern technology for your body to heal. Like you are the most advanced piece of technology you will ever be exposed to, you know, and what we're doing culturally that I, you know, I see and most people that tend to be like tinfoil hat bearded nut jobs like myself see is that we're, we're doing a lot of um, outsourcing of our physical movement and it's to create more comfort and ease in our lives. But what we, neglected during that that uh, decision, that slow gradual decision, is that, oh, perhaps some of the, those natural movement patterns uh, that seemed inconvenient actually were the very thing that was circulating fluids and you know moving lymphatic fluid and re-engaging our nervous system and integrating the hemispheres of the brain and a, you know it's actually the thing that, 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 that soothes and repairs the nervous system. So, you know, as a long rambling way of saying it's, it's a good idea to spend a little bit of time taking your joints through a full range of motion by getting down on the ground each day. So do you think if people did that, there'd be much less need for people to go out and get massages or go to hot yoga, you know, every Monday yeah. and Friday, and if they're just spending, I'm just like start with half an hour a day because most people can't spend 10, 20 minutes on the ground per day, yeah. but they're yeah. just sitting in these positions that they can get into and then gradually move into positions that are, for lack of a better word, a little bit harder for them to get into on a possible yeah. basis, then they could probably alleviate a lot of these issues coming down the road that's going to happen with their hips or knees or ankles, whatever. Correct. Yeah. So, so I, I, am, I love hot yoga and not hot yoga and going to the gym and I love swinging kettlebells and doing Olympic lifting and I love sport of any sort and uh, whatever you're into, go soul cycle, like what, like just, but treat those activities more as like psychological, emotional, purgative, communal, or maybe just introspective experiences. You know, think of that. I, I think of those things as more as like, Oh, this is like my, my movement therapy. Right. You know, I go to this thing, I go out of my way to go to this, this kind of ceremony of sorts where I get together with a bunch of people and I push harder than I thought that I could. And maybe at one point I'm pushing so hard in the soul cycle class and the ladies yelling stuff or the things that I like, I like wept, you know, because it was like, it was just such a powerful moment, you know, and I got to see this old lady beside me pushing beyond what she thought that she could. It's like, ah, you know, like community is such a powerful vessel for again, healing and yeah. you know, all the things that we need for a healthy organism, you know? So I would look at, at, at those things as like, do that do anything that makes you feel good yeah. if you get a little smirk or smile doing a thing like i think let's upregulate that like bring more of that into your life um and along with that though i if you're not paying attention to the manner in which you exist in your body in a momentary basis i.e the way that you are the position that you're in when you're car uh, the position that you're in when you're in your office, the positions that you, you are in when you're home, uh, any of those situations, the position that you are when you walk down the street, are you moving in such a way that exudes structural support and 
confidence and autonomy and strength and all those really attractive qualities that end up trickling into you finding a, a better mate, trickling you into finding a better higher paying job or a job that you're, you know, it feels more you mm -hmm. uh, because people are attracted to a well integrated human structure. People are repulsed and pushed away by a losing structure, a losing structure. We lose structurally speaking consistently across any race, across any, uh, if someone's mentally disabled, if they're blind, if they're deaf, whatever it is, we win and we lose posturally speaking the same way. And, you know, so you already know what that is. You, you run across the finish line. You can think about it. Even you just visualizing, how do I feel when I win? you will literally, you'll start to change the shape of your shoulders a little bit. Maybe your eyes, maybe your pupils might start to change a little bit. Maybe that you might relax that's the, the tissues around your jaw a little bit. You, know, you might start to, to feel kind of more like comfortable in your body right. just by visualizing the sensation of like, what does it feel like to win the race? You know, or whatever the metaphoric race is for you. Sure. you know, and so there's all these postural translations from this emotional experience of winning. Well, this is the exact same thing is true of what's it feel like when, you know, you, your partner broke up with you or you found out your dog died or you found out that, you know, anything that felt really terrible, you lost the race. Posturally speaking, what happens? You get a little bit flatter. Your head might kind of come forward and droop a little bit. Your shoulders might come forward a little bit. You know, the tone of your voice might slow down a little bit and you just, just it's just like deflation. Mm -hmm. It's a collapse. Nothing wrong with collapse. Nothing wrong with deflation. Nothing wrong with the inverse of that. They're both just different expressions. In the Western mold, environmental mold, the shapes of our, our seats and you know, all, the, all the things, that, that also the shapes of our eyes as a product of the things that we're staring into all of the time, uh, as opposed to like you know, looking out into across a savanna or into trees or up into clouds, navigating weather patterns and things of the sort. Like we've, you know, we, that's, all, that's all ancestral stuff. You can't get yeah. away from that. Um, now it's just all focused in on one point. That inherently stresses the nervous system out. You know, so depression is the number one leading cause of disability worldwide. Uh, and there's lots of different conversations around why that may be. It could be an addiction to technology. It could be nutritional stuff. Maybe it's something GMOs or whatnot. I mean, I don't think it's GMOs, but you know, there's a lot of different potentialities of why that is. Uh, a very apparent uh, conversation that I don't hear enough is what's the, the, the postural movement conversation around that. You know, any type of cognitive decline, preventative uh, course that you would ever take exercise, movement, dance, specifically coordinated movements such as martial arts or dance or things of the sort is going to be the number one preventative for cognitive decline. You know, and so we're talking about fish oils and we're talking about, you, know, you got to get your omega threes and you got to get your, you know, all these different supplements. We don't need to buy more supplements. You know, you, you need to move your ass. <laughs> well, that's, 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 actually, you know, um, my first book, I was originally going to call it Get Off of Your Ass. But, uh, okay. but that's because it's easy, right? We can, we can pop a pill. We can do something, even something as simple as people getting, going to, the, going to bed and waking up at the same time every day, regardless if it's six hours or nine hours of sleep, can have a yeah. huge impact on our circadian rhythm. We're getting up in the morning and looking at the sun and getting actual photons. 
and, and getting that and then looking at the horizon when the sun is going down. I mean, those simple things require much more effort than us just popping a pill. So what do you think, especially, and you touched on it, you touched on all the other, other cultures around the world, they seem to be just much better. And I'm not, I don't even get into the whole COVID thing, but look at our like death rate in the States is much higher. We're just so unhealthy. Yeah. So what, what do you think, what do you think it is? Do you think it's a, it's a good mix of, you know, just the laziness and not moving and not being aware of posture and how that affects with depression and anxiety and everything? What do you feel like is kind of one of the biggest things that we're not addressing? I don't think it's laziness at all. I, I think that, that your outlook and uh, your level of motivation, you're a product of your environment. Yeah. So I like laziness to me denotes some form of like fault. And I don't really think that if you're a person that's any of the bad things, you know, like the health metabolic bad things, uh, or you just feel tired, you feel depressed, you know, like suicidal ideation has been going up and up and up in the last, you know, especially since like social media and all those things, there's an interesting documentary that you probably seen called social dilemma. Just watch it. Uh, yeah. In 2009, since social media was available on cell phones, um, it was two to three times. I can't remember the age range of young girls that either were attempted suicide or actually committed suicide. And like the incidents of them, like five to seven or whatever, look, check out the documentary to get the actual numbers. But yeah, I, I figured that it was higher. But when you see that, like, then you start giving these kids the phone and then they're seeing all that sort of stuff. And yeah, like you said, like the like button. Is so yeah, I don't, I don't, but I don't think it's because, you know, that 13 year old girl has something like 187% higher likelihood of, of hurting herself now than she did 10 years ago. I don't think that's because she's a bad person. You know, I don't think that's because she's lazy or doesn't give a shit or doesn't respect her parents or, you know, whatever. I think that she's being groomed by an environmental mold that goes against her natural innate healing mechanisms. And so when you are, your life becomes kind of consumed by staring into screens for a really high percentage of the time, um, sitting in place kind of hunching over into that like loser archetype position uh, in the book, I, the, the line method book I refer to it as the, the mopey position. You know, so I think chapter one is called posture and personality. It's been like six months since the, since the book came out. So, uh, but there's, there's a few different archetypes in there and each one kind of represents a different personality. Yeah. You know, so that person that's, that's slouched over in that position, staring into the phone, sinking into the couch, all of that. There's, the page here, but I'll yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's right. It's right in the beginning, but uh, you know, it's an interesting overlay when you start to look at somebody that structurally speaking, if they are in those positions for a high percentage of the time uh, there's all sorts of different research that suggests that that changes uh, their hormones for one thing, which this is contentious research. It came from Harvard, from Amy Cuddy. They did the saliva samples where, you know, and they had people go into like the power woman pose. And then she, I was about to say she was the power pose. She was a power pose lady. Yeah. So there's a lot of contention around that, but there's also, you know, good evidence going for it, you know, with any, with anything that gets that much, that much traction, there's going to be contention going either way. Yeah. Uh, but what they found with that was after doing a couple minutes saliva samples, they found that uh, it would increase the levels of testosterone and decrease cortisol levels, uh, but just by being in a more upright, strong, confident type position. And then the inverse would happen when they would start to hunch over. Uh, there's lots of different research as well. Uh, one specific 
study that I referenced in the Align Method book was from San Francisco State University. And they did, uh, they had two groups of students and the one group was in that hunched over position uh, and the other group was in more of like an upright, I call aligned archetype, aligned position. And when they're in that aligned position, it's easier for them to access more uh, positive in quotation memories, you know, times that they felt good. When they're in that more hunched over exact staring hunched staring into your screen position it's easier for them to start to access more times where they felt shitty which makes a lot of sense you know so when you feel away your puppy died you lost the race your girlfriend broke up with you you've your body goes into this position that's been anchored for millennia that you know whenever your ancestors would lose that's how they would lose if they're def- defending they're going to contract and roll the shoulders forward maybe contract the contract the, the, the fist and kind of be ready to fight you know, so that's that position's tied in but instead of contracting your fist ready to fight you're contracting your wrists getting carpal tunnel swiping through your phone all day uh, you know so when you're in that position it's like you're dousing yourself with a little bit more uh the recipe for for you to start to access more times that you feel bad, you know, and then stack that. Okay. How do I feel better? Well, I do get this little dopamine hit. When I look at the phone, I do get hit with that. The, the blue lights coming off the screen. I do get this little bit of a trigger to kind of show up like executive function go just by focusing my vision in on one point. Think more of like if you're, if you are hunting with your, your mom's caravan or whatever. Yeah. You know, and, and you see that bird coming in and you focus and you see the bird coming right at the windshield. When you're in that state, you naturally release these healthy stress hormones such as cortisol to kind of get you ready for impact, yeah. get you ready to show up. Now, the opposite, there's no danger. There's no bird coming into the windshield and you're just chilling. You're just driving through Utah, going to Zion. You're having a good time. And you're just like, wow. You have a nice exhalation. You say, Ah, this is great. And you take in the whole panorama. Now that's a totally different nervous system response because your eyes are actually a continuation of your brain. So when your eyes, they're continually kind of like, like conductors of your autonomic nervous system. Yeah. When you focus in, that's an indication that there's some predator prey relationship happening there. You got to focus your energy. When you relax, go panoramic vision, that's an indication that it's you're calm. You're just taking it all in. It's time to rest, digest, repair. If you spend whatever the hell the average is, four odd hours, eight odd hours, something stupid amount of time on your cell phone staring into that screen each day, uh, you could say it's a postural thing. You could say it's a, a visual thing. You could say it's a light thing. You could say it's a sedentary thing. You could say it's a comparative thing. In that, that documentary, they referenced Snapchat dysmorphia, as I think what they called it, where they have this, the filters that augment the way that you look, and then you start to think of that as being better than you. Right. Now, the whole day, you're creating a separation between yourself and that image. If you have a separation between yourself and what you would like to be, that's an uncomfortable position for your nervous, your nervous system to occupy. So again, it's that disembodiment you're creating a, 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 a disassociation or disconnection from you, whatever that means, and this idea. The same thing happens in tandem when you feel disassociated or disconnected or disoriented from your body. 
you feel this kind of like, whoa, I just, I don't feel, I don't feel grounded. I don't feel good. I don't feel like in my body. I don't, I'm not going to ask that girl out for a date. I feel like half of me standing three feet to the right of me, the other half's kind of behind me. I'm like, I don't really feel like I'm like, like a connected point. My, if it was glasses, it's almost like the, you know, that you don't have the right prescription. Uh-huh. You kind of see the world a little bit blurry. I know that was a very long rambling tinfoil hat rant about a lot of disparate details, but some of them could have some value. I, I think I can break it down. So it's a, it's, okay. it can be a combination of everything, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. staring at your phones too long, staring at the screen too long, and especially now with, you know, kids kind of being in school on a screen, there's a whole other thing there. So then posture, they're, they're going down, they're not getting that, that tangible human connection. Uh, and then you've got the blue light and then you obviously have them sitting too long where they're normally not moving and they're getting that just kind of um, fidgeting where they're actually just burning calories and moving around and being more comfortable with their skin and then you just kind of keep snowballing. But ultimately, ultimately, all I'm saying, like that was like, I apologize for anybody that tuned out because they're like, this is too many details of fire and brimstone. Ultimately, all, 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 all I'm saying is this, for you to be healthy, well, confident like all all the things that you'd, you'd like is pretty close to free and like right under your nose you know there's like a the a joseph campbell quote that i opened up the align method book with is, is like says we're fishing for minnows while we're standing atop of a whale you know and so we're fishing for minnows in the form of oh i need to get my red light therapy and i'm gonna get my you know my high octane this and i gotta get my atps and my electrolytes and you know i'm gonna spend all this money on all these like biohacks it's like your biohacks are just doing like a a a partial job at replicating what you have in your backyard you know so if you just start to subtly shift your environment the manner in which you live your life if you're on your computer a lot you know maybe be on your computer beside a window you know, get some natural sunlight. And so you're talking, you know, especially like in the morning time, when you, that sun penetrates your eyes, goes through the suprachiasmatic nucleus and has this whole cocktail of neurochemistry that makes you feel good is produced as a product of, oh, I'm getting exposed to that morning sun slash sun throughout the rest of the day. Right. So that's, you don't need to buy a 5-HTP supplement it might be beneficial at some point if you have some big dysregulation but you have all the 5-htp supplements you'd ever need just by like going for a walk outside in the sun you know and so most of these things that we're paying big money to have some panacea cure-all solution for our woes like they're just you just need to spend a little bit more time doing the things that you've done forever while you still maintain your job you still maintain your family you don't need to be some rogue aesthetic monk person in order to like have decent circadian rhythm like you can do all of the things we just slowly start to re-implement some of those those natural uh, environmental conditions into your modern life you know it's not it's not excessively complicated. It's actually almost excessively simple. <laughs> I, I think that's where people have a hard time understanding that. Like, what do you mean? I don't need to get all my supplements or buy my, you know, red light sauna or I'm sure great, but where people just start with the, literally the bare minimum on what the hell can you do? Or often people, when they want to train with me, I'm like, do you walk? What do you yeah. Mean? Like, when you eat every time, if you eat two times a day, you eat six times a day, go for a 10 minute walk. If it's in your house, fine. Just go for a 10 minute walk and like just help that 
postprandial digestion. And like literally walking helps with balance, helps with posture if you're doing it correctly. And I just think right there, like, oh, you just walk? I'm like, yeah, like, yeah. We're not, you know, like just start with that. And, yeah. and then, so to your point, like, yeah, I, I think that we, especially in this Western society, we, we try to look for all of these crazy things first instead of trying the simplistic things first. Like, why, maybe, why not start eating more vegetables? You know, instead yeah. of like trying to worry about cutting out the donuts and stuff, yes, you should. But like, did you try adding something instead of taking something away? And just it's it's just it's semantics. But people really get lost in that. Mm. Well, you, and it's also it like harks back to the whole social dilemma stuff where you you live inside your echo chamber, and so if you're within your world, the things that you search for, and this example say it's biohack related stuff or supplements or whatever you're just going to get bombarded by professional athletes that they develop their whole like their bodies and athleticism and everything has nothing to do with the supplement that they're that they're supporting it's 25 years of work and then all of a sudden now all the companies are like get my infrared sauna, get my this and that. Nothing against that. Like I love all the things. I have an infrared sauna. I'm doing this interview on a cold, on top of a cold plunge. My cabinet's full of supplements. I didn't pay for almost any of them. Um, if, I, if I had paid for them, then I might have magnesium and maybe creatine. Yeah. Like those would be like pretty much the two supplements that I'd be like, I see value in those. Yeah, you know, take, like, take magnesium, vitamin D3, and like a precursor to glutathione, acetyl yeah. something. Which um, I don't regularly take creatine, but if I am doing a lot of training, if I have some reason that I'd like to appear a little bit more watery, like I want, I want to look bigger for some superficial vein perfect. purpose. Um, muscle repair, it's really helpful with with cognitive function. Great so says so says most of research. I think it's I think creatine is like one of the most well researched supplements I've heard something like that. Yeah, you know, so so those things would be probably the only thing outside of that. It's like, make sure you understand the origin of your food. I don't even think you need to eat more vegetables. I don't think you need to eat more meat. I don't think you need to have any dietary dogma. You need to understand the origin of your food. You could have a great conversation with any of the carnivore guys and they could break down a, a, a really pretty darn good argument of why vegetables actually, you know, they have various different, what is it? What phytates and lactates or what all the things, you know, so, so they, so they, they have their natural defense mechanisms, their chemical defense mechanisms to kind of keep you from eating them fruit and things like that. It's a little bit more of a blurry area. Maybe that's good because you're spreading the seed. Um, you know, I love vegetables. I just also acknowledge the argument that like, okay, I could see, you know, oh, that, the, the idea that if you're eating the whole entire animal, you're eating the brains and the eyeballs and the liver and the heart, the way that any animal in nature would naturally consume another prey animal. They would go straight for the fatty stuff. They go straight for the heart. They go straight for the liver. All the things that in Western culture, which statistically speaking, isn't going in what I would seem, I, I would feel is like an idyllic direction statistically from a health perspective and mental, emotional health perspective we've been taught to not go for those foods, right? And so it's, it's like, it's a, there's an interesting book called, from Paul Arden called Whatever You Think, Think the Opposite, especially in, this times, uh, in these times of you know, the, the social dilemma that we exist in and the echo chambers that, we, that you live in, I live in. You know, I think more than ever, we need to question our ideas mm-hmm. and we need to question 
what our parents taught us and question what the government is suggesting to us and the FDA is suggesting to us, you know, and all of the individuals, because, you know, when you look back in time, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe they did crazy. I can't believe that they ate that way. Ah, oh, it's insane. You know, that's like, how do they not know? It's like, well, because they were in it, they were in the thick of it. You know, so if you see that consistently, that people have been so incredibly wrong about uh, such, such like paramount things in their lives, if you think that that can't happen now, you just haven't looked at history enough. Right. And so I think it's a really important thing to really examine all of the beliefs that you think that you know step back and look at it. The reason I was, I was saying all of that, once again, I apologize. I had too much coffee and matcha today. Uh, so that will lead to a much more rambling tangents. Uh, the thing that I do feel very strongly about that I would recommend people just explore is beyond the specific dogma or team of eating type that you're on, uh, look behind that and look at the origin of your food. Look at the origin of your apple or your carrot or your cow liver or your chicken heart or your steak tenderloin, whatever. Um, if you're vegetarian, great, no problem. If you're vegan, awesome. Look at the origin of are you uh, monocropping a vast swath of field that could in fact actually be you could put a regenerative farm on that space and really start to nurture and support that soil yeah. and start to look, work towards uh co2 sequestration you know and actually being like a net positive to the world um you know and if you're eating meat is it coming from a place that's you know some factory industrialized pile of shit yeah. You know, like both, like both, both sides. There's like the underbellies of both sides. Uh-huh. There's the armpit of, of all of the dog dogmatic conversations. And we so I would have uh, regenerative, uh, Ed Anya, uh, Fernal, who owns Bell Campbell. Farm. She's great, man. He, Anya's lovely. Regenerative farm with, animals. you gotta eat regeneratively, man. Um, I think I've got a code. I think it's Thurman 10 bellcampo.com. Oh yeah. I, yeah. I think I got that one too. Actually. She's, okay. she's great. And that's it. not, that's not, and I don't ever, I, I very rarely, I just promote uh, Bel Campo uh, just, just for, I don't even know what my code is. I have some disc, I think it's like Alexander 10. I don't even know yeah, what it is. I just, I just think, I just think it's, I just think it's great, it you know, great. and, and w- the idea something that I can get excited and get behind. And you can even hear in this conversation, like it, like you do want to acknowledge your, your biases and uh, you know, I, I get free, well, not free. I mean, I guess I trade by, by talking about it and all that stuff. Um, food from Bill Campo. They like, they support me in that way. Yeah. So recognize as a listener, yeah. I do have some degree of, of bias in the sense that like they hook me up Same and uh, that exists. Yeah. So that's a consistent, it's yeah. a consistent thing. Sure. You know, so even, even within this conversation, don't even trust what I'm saying entirely. Like look deeper into it. And in the end, I think you're pretty much just going to find that regenerative farming is, is a pretty awesome thing. Um, But even with that, it's like when you're listening to people speak, Mm -hmm. go in and quite often you'll find a lot of their interests actually are, there is some financial incentive there. So that's a, that's a fair point. Um, Yeah. We just get a shipment every month of stuff that I was going to buy probably anyways and spend a lot of my money for. So yes, it is conducive for me to still mention that, but that that's, 
that's why I like you, man, because it, it is good to say that and to acknowledge that. And there's a lot of like, I don't pay for most of the supplements that I get. I don't pay for the meat. I don't pay for a lot of things because as whatever terminology we want to put on ourselves, if we have a high visibility, people will send us stuff for free. And eventually I had to stop. I had to start turning down stuff. I'm like, stop sending me stuff, you know, and then now I, I cherry pick which stuff I want, but um, thanks for pointing that out. Now, I, I know you got a tight schedule. You got about 10 minutes. I want to talk about breathing because I know if people don't do this correctly, what is something that people can really the bare minimum start right now with their breathing practices? Emphasize your exhalation. Uh, so, so as you exhale, you're activating more the, the calming, rest, digest, parasympathetic aspect of the nervous system. So the idea of, like, of autonomic nervous system, I think, is somewhat of a misnomer because we have the belief that it's like it's autonomic. It's, it's out of our control. Not true. Your autonomic nervous system is dictated by the manner in which you breathe, the manner in which you use your eyes, the temperatures that you have in your, your, that your environments, uh, the music, the auditory signals that are passing through your body, like all of those affect your autonomic nervous system. You can, and this is the whole reason I wrote the line method essentially, was to give people the toggle switches that they can start to be able to take control of their own nervous system. If you're feeling stressed, we've got recipes for that. Uh, if you're feeling like kind of tired and out of it and you want to kind of induce a little bit of that, that healthy stress, we can do that. We can change the way that you look with your eyes. We can change the way that you breathe. We can change the way that you move. You know, so from a breathing perspective, many people are, uh, to use Patrick McEwen's, well, I got him from his language, but Buteco method, all that. Uh, many people are, are over breathing. They're breathing too much. You know, and so throughout the day, if you're a person that's, you know, when somebody's unhealthy, when you can hear them breathing, you know what I'm saying? Especially if you're like working with a client or something like that, or just anything, you know, hopefully it's not a family member, but when there's, you're like, okay, like that's a a struggling system. You know, and so, so something that you could do to start to uh, help heal your body and, and, and calm your nervous system and just make you feel, feel better uh, is slow that breath down a bit. Uh, make sure that you're bringing it through your nose in and out of the nose. And what that does is lots of different things. Uh, one, I just did a conversation on my podcast with the guy that discovered uh, nitric oxide uh, yesterday is a Nobel Prize winning, he's a super, super great guy. Yeah. And so we were talking all about this beautiful, adventurous uh, movement of that air up through your nose and all the way down through your lungs, activating the diaphragmatic muscles, opening up the lungs. Uh, and as it's going through that, through your nose, it actually increases the production of nitric oxide uh, dramatically in your body. And so that slowing down of that air, you're actually gonna be increasing levels of nitric oxide in the body. Nitric oxide is something just to be like a, granular specific about a thing nitric oxide is a thing that you might want if you have any type of uh, heart conditions it's something that would be increased with statins something's gonna be increased if you have erectile dysfunction you're buying viagra or anything like that the what you are getting from those is you're increasing levels of nitric oxide in the body which helps with kind of thinning the blood a little bit helps with circulation Uh, you know so just you can start to again you don't need the supplement or the pharmaceutical drug 
to induce the thing that nature has naturally done, you can just start to breathe in a way that would be more, uh, more natural, you know, natural for a calm, healthy uh, human animal. You know, so something that you can tinker with right now, if you're feeling stressed, which a lot of people would be, would be just emphasizing a little bit longer exhalation out through the nose. And we could, you know, do a little thing. You can exhale for uh, six seconds. You know, so you can do it right now. So, yeah. So, 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 so take a normal breath in on the exhale out, you're going to breathe out, hold it for six seconds. And then you're going to hold that for four seconds. Then take a breath in for four seconds through the nose. And then hold that for four seconds. Then you do that out again for six seconds and just repeat that, you know, more is going to make you calm down more. Uh, there was some, I'm spacing the research. I think it was like Japan. There was some study where it was six breaths is enough to completely change the state of the autonomic nervous system. Yeah. You know, so if you're in a place where you're, you're wigging out about something, you know, come back to that breath and the old adage or advice of like, take a deep breath. Don't do that. Take a, take a, take a big exhalation, you know, and hold that and start to, you know, you'll slowly start to increase those levels of nitric oxide. You'll start to make your body less uh, tolerant to the increase in, or more tolerant to the increase in CO2, which that's the reason that you need to take that breath. Uh, you know, so you become a, not only you become a more efficient breather and, you know, organism as a whole, uh, but you can actively start to calm the nervous system. And a calm nervous system is more efficient in general. Very good. Aaron Alexander, look at that. We, we killed it, dude. I've got Bam! Minutes to spare. Uh, where can people find you? Well, I mean, if you want to learn more about this stuff, uh, the Align Method book would be a great place. Um, there is a, there's an online program that's like, you know, the, the living video version of that. Um, the Align Podcast. And everything is at a line podcast. So if you go Instagram or, you know, any, any of the places that's, that's, that's it. So yeah, that's, that's, those probably be the best places. If you want to go deeper into it. I appreciate you coming on, man. Uh, of course. Another episode of the fatter future podcast and don't be a fatty F A D D Y be a part of the future. Mm-hmm.